Morning, everyone. Yeah, good to see every one of you this morning. I hope you guys are well. Yeah, for the parents amongst us, it's half time, isn't it? So you should be so excited. You got your kids for the whole week. God bless you with that. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah, well, yeah, well, having them for a week is amazing, isn't it? I know that, um, <clears throat> I might be wrong, I think this week they've got uh, a film, Lila and the Crocodile? What? Friday, yeah, so please, parent, please uh, be reminded on Friday, it's half two, isn't it? Uh, there's um, Lila and the Crocodile, we're going to the cinema, the kids are having a wonderful time going to the cinema this Friday. So I think we've seen one or two volunteers, I'm not sure. But please speak to Jason at the end if you would like to come in for that as well. Okay, so like uh, Jeff said earlier, uh, we haven't got communion today because actually we don't want to overfeed you guys because my message is from milk uh, to meat. So, you know, the communion is not there. So hopefully you'll get some milk and some meat this morning. So we don't want to overburden you with so much food this morning. So we're like, let's just pack the communion today and then have some time looking at what milk and meat we need for our lives. So I'm just going to pray and then I'm, I'm going to go into God's word this morning. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for this awesome time in your presence. Lord, we pray as we, we go into your word this morning, we ask that you will speak to our heart. We, we just humble ourselves before you this morning and ask the Lord, the entrance of your word will bring light and understanding. I pray that we may run with this word this morning. Lord, we will listen to your word every week. Uh, we listen to a preach every week. Lord, we pray that, that what we listen to will be a, a doer of this word. So God, we'll be able to put this word into use. Uh, your, your word talks about the parable of the sower, that, that the seed brought for 30, 60, and 100 fold. But I pray that as we listen to your word every week, that may we produce fruit in our lives, O oh God, to show the faithfulness of our God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. So my name is Di, I'm one of the elders uh, here, and uh, you're warmly welcome this morning. I want to start with what I've prayed about, that every Sunday we listen to, to God's word. And, and my question is, when we listen, what do we use this word to do? Because this, in this, there's so much promises there. Every day, every week, we come and listen to so much promises in this book. And so my charge to us this morning is, when you listen to this word, what do you use with it? James 1, 2, Bible says we should not be hearers alone. But we should be doers of the word. If you look at that James 1, the Bible talks about a man who looks at himself in the mirror and completely forgets what he looked like. And that is how some people hear the word of God and they completely forget what they've heard. So this morning, we want us to be doers of this word because in this book, there's so much promises. And oftentimes, when, when we stand to preach, there, there are two ways we preach. Either you want to preach just from God's word, or you want to then ex- extend those words to how it has impacted our lives. And today, I, I will humbly share a few stories with you of God's faithfulness. And to show you that God is the same yesterday. It's the same today. And it's the same forever. So what you did yesterday, 
is able to do today. And what you did today is committed to doing tomorrow. God's word. I love, I love the way the Bible calls God's word. It's infallible. I love the word. It's infallible. You can trust his word. Regardless, you can trust his word. Oh, one of the great aims I loved when I was growing up. I said, this is so sweet to trust in Jesus, to take him. Can you finish the line for me? At his word, just to rest on it. And just to say, thus saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I love him. And what did he say? How of what? Go on. What's the next line? Oh, hymns, oh, come on, he doesn't know your hymns, oh, God. I approve them more and more. So Jesus, Jesus, how I love him. How I've proved him, what? All and all, in the old English word, I mean, kids may not even know what that means <laughs> today. How I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, oh, blessed Jesus. Oh, for grace to what? To trust you even the more. So we see that when we look at God's word, we prove it, we test it. Bible says in Psalms, test and see the Lord is good. So we can test this word and say, look, this is faithful. The Bible calls Jesus faithful and true. If you check Hebrews 6, say by two immutable, immutable things. It was impossible for God to lie. God could not lie. He, his word and his name. These two are those immutable things. That God, God cannot go back on his word. Is that every word that proceeds from his mouth, he will fulfill. Is that forever, oh God, your word is settled in heaven. Because today the emphasis of this prayer is all about that. How do we come to a place where we trust his word? How do we come to a place where we read this word and we put it to use? And that is what this is all about. The process of spiritual growth. Milk to meat. And it was so funny when I was preparing this morning. I realized that some people are lactose intolerant. So I had to go for find the milk that is actually uh, lactose free. Uh, and also when I was thinking about it, I was like, my goodness, I might be offended of some people in this place. Because you might be a vegan and you might not... Love that thing over there. I'm like, okay, what do I do? I have to look for a vegan alternative. So what you have there is actually a vegan meat. And I'm not going to call the word. Because my servant journey <coughs> this morning, we're looking at the pronunciation of the word. And I'm like, I don't think I want to call that word this morning. It's not, it's not an awful word, but if you want to know the name, I've got, it's actually it's spelled S-E-I-T-A-N. But it's actually called with that guy that we don't like talking about in the Bible. So that's why I just feel like, you know what, uh, let's just leave it that way. Anyway, so milk to meat, the process of spiritual maturity. Why is it easier for people to trust in God more than others? Why do we experience problems in our lives with different outcomes? Why do we gather every Sunday? A uh, few weeks, few, few weeks ago, I, I did, um, this is actually a continuation of what I preached like a few weeks ago about um, the season of growth in our lives. And in that prayer, we spoke about the time to sow, the time to weep, the time to plant. And we're looking at in different seasons in our lives that God brings the seasons to make us better. The Bible says Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. That sometimes suffering brings out the best in us. So this is just 
and we're to take it further from there to look at how do we mature as Christians. What are the practical things we can do as Christians? Uh, the Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 7 to 8, it said, In this you greatly rejoice, though not for a little while. Uh, thank you. <coughs> uh, you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come to you so that the genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus is revealed. Though you have not seen him, <coughs> you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Now, when we go to things in our lives, we trust the Lord regardless. Like the three Hebrew children, when the uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, when they go before the king, say, oh, king, we're not careful to answer you. Our God that we serve is able to deliver. And even if it does not, we will not bow. So it, there comes a time in our lives that when we go through challenges in our lives, we can trust and lean in our God. I love a, a, a version that says, with joy unspeakable full of glory. So whatever we're going through, we can be rest assured that God is taking us on a journey and the journey of faith that it takes us through. And today we want to look more into that. Now, one of the questions I want to ask this morning is that do we need to grow as Christians? Actually, there are three main contexts I want to look at. So if we go to the next slide. So is why do we need to grow as Christians? What are the stages of growth and the call to maturity. So why do we need to grow as Christians? Uh, I'm sure that for those for parents amongst us that have got kids, there's something you desire more than ever, to see them grow. When, you, when a baby begins to crawl, you want that baby to begin to walk. And then eventually you want that baby to begin to be able to do things. So in the natural space, we desire growth in our lives. Also, I believe in the spiritual space as well. God desires that we grow as Christians. So why do we then need to grow? After all, we have been saved by grace through faith. It is nothing you've done that has brought you to salvation. There's nothing you've done. But yet, there's a part we have to play in this work. Philippians 2, 12 to 13. If you should go to the next slide. It says, work out your salvation. For it is God at work in you, both to will and to do. It takes you years to understand the person you see, how much more the God you did not see. I mean, I'm married, and I've been married for like 12 years, and sometimes I'm like, I'm not even sure I know my wife. <laughs> well, yeah, because the more you know, the more you really know you don't really know. Because you realize, you think, ah, I know her so far. You realize, my goodness, I don't know her very well. And, and, and a friend of mine once said that marriage is like uh, going through school. You get your GCSE, you get your BSc, you get your master's, and you get your PhD. So I'm like, I'm not even sure where I am in my marriage. Maybe I'm on the BSc level or I'm on the master level. I'm getting to PhD. Because every day you, you understand people better as you live. You, and, and what am I trying to say is in the natural realm, we, it takes us years to know people how much more the God we serve. It takes time to know God. When we come to Christ, yes, we get saved. But there's a journey of faith that he takes us through. And that is what I want to emphasize uh, in this morning. 
So we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God that works in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So <clears throat> why do we need to go? I'll just highlight a few things this morning. We need to grow as Christians because if we go to the next slide, uh, Colossians 2.6 uh, talks about, so just as you receive Christ as your Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thanksgiving. 1 Peter 2.5 says that you also like living stones have been built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices and acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we need to grow because as a body, we have to grow. So when you come to church, we are the body of Christ. So each person in this place, you have a role to play. So when we, so when we grow, we grow into a spiritual house because God is building this amazing house. And so the body is built up when we grow together. If you go to Nestle, Ephesians 4, 12 uh, to 15. It's one of the very popular verses that, uh, that when, when it talks about why God has set the church. Uh, if, if you go to 12, it says that to equip his people for the work of service so that the body may be built up. Why again? Until we reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, the reason why we have to grow is that we also be not infants, tossed to and fro by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemings. <clears throat> I, I, I said it without humility. You just need to be on TV, especially some, and, and, and there's a lot of nice stuff out there on TV, but if there's, there's, there's so many Christian channels out there that sometimes when you listen to some of the things they say, you, if you're not careful, you'll be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. You will not even know where you stand because there's so much out there. There's so much that people are trying to pass across that if we are not built up and strengthened in our faith, then we will be tossed to and fro with every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people. So we need to grow as Christians because of this, because we need to reach the unity of the faith. We need to build stature in the spirit. And we don't want to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. And also, knowing God, like I say, is a continuum and progressive. We don't get to a point where we say, I know all of God. Even Philippians 3 verse 10, Paul said, forgetting everything, there's something my heart is yearning for, that I may know him. Here is a gentleman that has spent his life writing most of the New Testament. And yet, he came to a point in his life, he said, look, I don't even think I've known him enough that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. So knowing God is so important. Why do we need to grow as Christians? Because age sometimes does not validate maturity. I'm, I'm always amused when you go somewhere and especially you take your kids somewhere and then you write and then when you get there they say, please 
make sure a responsible adult is with the child. And it, it, it gets me thinking. So being an adult does not mean you're responsible. So, uh, so age sometimes does not confirm maturity. Not all adults are responsible. And the same way, because you're an adult does not mean that you are skillful in the things of righteousness. Because it takes time for these things to be built. So we need to consciously grow as Christians. So maturity is not a function of age, but a function of the depth and character and of wisdom. So it's very important, therefore, that we spend time growing. The spiritual life is a journey. The more we know him, the more we desire to know more of him. So we must be humble to submit to him and take us deeper in our knowing of him. So, I just want to draw more from the next text. So, if we go to 1 John 2, um, and I will just spend some time in 1 John 2 and trust the Lord to help us uh, with that. So, 1 John 2, just read 1 John 2 for us, and then we will go on. So, 1 John 2, verse 12 to 14. Now, there are three stages of spiritual growth, and I want to spend some time here this morning. And here's John talking to the church, and he wrote to them in three distinct ways. In verse 12, I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to your fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God <coughs> lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. So, what are the stages of growth? And I want to just dwell on three stages this morning. And I, and I said this loosely. So if you look at that Bible verse, it talks about <coughs> children, sons, and fathers. So I don't want you to be gender specific this morning. So a child in this context is anybody who fits this mode. A son, in this context, is anybody that this passage describes. And fathers are people that fit the description of this Bible verse. So we're going to just spend some time <coughs> dwelling in this this morning. So the first I want to look at is the child state, or the little children. So he said, I write to you little children because your sins are what? are forgiven for his name's sake. Now, this is the most elementary point of a Christian life. At this point, we come to Christ and we know that our sins are forgiven. And the reason why we know our sins are forgiven is because we know the Father and it is for his name's sake. So the first thing we have to do as Christians is to come to God and know that our sins are forgiven. So I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on the account of his name. And I want to hold you this morning, if you're in this place and you have not 
or you don't know the forgiveness of your sin, I would like to hold you this morning to come to Christ this morning because he is the only person that forgives sins. And he will be willing to forgive our sins <clears throat> this morning. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ <clears throat> Jesus. So, our sins are forgiven. We have joy, we have joy, we have hope, because we know our sins are forgiven. So I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. Well, if you look at verse 14, it then says, I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. So when your sins are forgiven, it's because you have come to you, the Father. <clears throat> and this morning, I want to urge you that we have a Father in heaven. The Bible says, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. <clears throat> we have a Father we can call upon this morning. Isn't that amazing? Bible says in Jeremiah 31, say, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And with Wendy's word this morning, it's so beautiful, isn't it? That God can put his arms around us and say, I love you. And this morning, if you're not feeling, feeling unloved this morning, I just want you to just dwell on that word that Wendy brought to us this morning. That God loves you. God loves me. It does not matter what I have done. And I must say to you this morning that sometimes I have felt unloved in my life. Sometimes I've been through situations in my life that I, that I felt unloved. But when I read this, I know he loves me. I know that he gave himself for me. For God so loved the world that he gave his best, his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So I have joy in knowing that God loves me. And you know, sometimes love is not something you feel. If love is a feeling, then nobody will love, because you just get to that point where if you don't feel anything, <clears throat> then you feel like I'm not loved. But love comes from the heart. I know without a shadow of a doubt that God loves me. It doesn't matter what happens to me. I am assured, like, like you say, he was so beautiful. He loves me. I, do you feel assured this morning that God loves you? Do you know he truly does? <clears throat> he truly does. I write to you because you know the Father. And this morning, I want to commend you this morning to just know him. Know the Father. So... We know that little children have a relationship with the Father now. This is the first stage of spiritual growth. A point where you come to him. A point where your sins are forgiven. A point where you start a relationship with the Father. But that, does not, that is not where it all ends. There's something more. There's something more. It's just like a baby that was born. And then the baby depends on his, on his mother. But the time comes where... The mother wants to win the baby, the winning process. Because the mother does not want the baby to depend on her forever. So the mother is trying to, you know what, I think you've had enough. I'm going to try and move you. And all of a sudden, the mother begins to act on instinct. The mother begins to try and bring some semi-solid food to the child, try to take that child from milk to meat. 
And as Christians, that is the journey of faith that God wants us to go through. So it is absolutely impossible to grow up as a Christian unless we come to a point where we begin to desire something much more. Something much more. We cannot afford to dwell in a child state. As this is a level of immaturity. If you look at Hebrews 5, <coughs> Hebrews 5 um, verses, uh, I think 13. I think it should be on the next slide. Yeah, 12 and 13. And I'm going to spend some time here. And the Bible said, in fact, at this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the truth of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. So it's very important that we come to a point where we grow in our faith. I look at 1 Peter 2. The Bible says that as newborn babes, we desire the sincere milk of God's word to grow thereby. So it's very important that as we've come to Christ, we know the Father, we start a journey of faith in him. And takes us to the next line of, after you become a little child, what happens next? You come to the level of sonship. The level of sonship. I write to you, young men. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. So as much as they are little children and fathers, we have young men. These are men and women who are no longer little children. But yet, they are not fathers. We'll come to fathers very shortly. The proper attribute is that they carry on something in their lives. And there's something about young men. Say, because you have overcome the wicked one. So young men are fighters. Young men are men and women that are beginning to pick God's word and are beginning to put things into use. So I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. So we see that when we come to this point in our life, this is when we begin to use God's word and begin to put it to use. Because you get to a point in your life that you I've come to the Father, but the Father wants you to begin to spend time in his word and to begin to use those words to produce results in our lives. And we're going to look at a few practical steps today. So, if you look at Colossians 3 verse 16, the Bible says, Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So, our admonition to you this morning is that we come to a point in our lives that we spend time in God's Word. How often do you spend time in God's Word? How often do you do that? How often do you take this Word and meditate on it? Acts 20, 32 says, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. So young men, they have the word of God 
in their heart. And it's not just in their heart, they are putting this word to use. And that is so important. He said, the word of God abides in you. These young men have gained some measure of spiritual maturity and were known by the fact that God's word lives in them. If you go to Hebrews 5, I think Hebrews 5, if you go to the next slide. The magic one now. Boom. Just going to come up very soon. So, yeah, Hebrews 5, uh, which is the main text of, of what I'm looking at this month. It says, now, anyone who lives in milk, being an infant, okay. Verse 14 says something. It says, but strong meat belongs to them which are of full age and who by reason of use. Are we there? Yeah, good. Well, thank you. Thank you. So it was 5.14. It said, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good from evil. 1 Timothy 4, 5. So practice this thing. Immerse yourself in it that you may see your progress. So how do we put God's word to use? How? So I just want to share a few practical steps with you this morning. Now, there's a time in my life where thankfully I haven't got um, a student loan. So you'll be pleased to know. For those who went to university, I just really feel for you. I have to spend years paying for that. Well, because I came to this country, I did my master's in 2007. I had to pay about 12,000 pounds for my school fees. And at the point, I didn't have enough money. And there was a time in my life as well, during that process, um, because I told my mom that, don't worry, I can look after myself and all of that. And I had to pay my rent as well. So <laughs> I had some outstanding bills to pay, and I had to pay my rent. And that was when I knew that God ordained some opportunities in our lives. And I just said, God, your word says in Philippians 4, verse 19, that my God can supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ask or imagine. And I was like, God, I don't know how this will happen. I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to believe in you. And I remember I was going to in Portsmouth. I, was going to, I went to the Mountbatten Center, if you know Portsmouth, in Nielsen. I went there for some exercise, and I was coming back. And I was so pressed. <laughs> I could not hold myself. It was so hard. You know, all of a sudden, I had this urge to use the toilet. And I was like, what's going on? And there was no place. I was like, I can't lose this thing now. God help me. What do I do? And I had, then, when I was going, I saw the Wingfield House. The Wingfield House is actually opposite Sainsbury in Portsmouth. And that was where the tax office was. And that was the only place I could rush to. So I rushed there. I said, can we help you? I'm like, eh, yes. Um, I don't even know why I'm here. But yeah, but I got, I got a ticket. And then they said, oh, by the way, where is the loo? I said, over there. Thank you very much. So I ran over there. And then I was like, so why am I here in the first place? Because I ain't got a clue why I'm here. Because I just went there because I was so desperate for the toilet. And then I had to be humble to just go upstairs. 
So I just went to, and I sat down because I was like, well, what, what do I lose? I've got nothing to lose. I just sat down. And they called my number and they said, what can we do for you? I said, honestly, I don't know. I just like, I just came. He said, why did you come in the first place? I'm like, uh, I couldn't tell the person that I needed the toilet. So I just said, uh, well, may maybe something is wrong. And he said, okay, you know what? Let me get your NI number. And I gave her my NI number. And she said, we've been looking for you. I'm like, okay, looking for me? What happened? And they said, do you know that you actually owe some money? I'm like, really? And that was actually the exact amount I needed. Like for the next two hours, I needed the exact amount to pay everything. And I went back home. I just said, Lord, this is unbelievable. And for the last few days before then, I said, God, I don't know how you would do it. You know, David said, I have been young. He said, now I am old. I have not seen the righteous forsaken. And I just got to a point in my life, I said, God, I will trust you all my life. Friends, we've been in situations that people will fret, people will be worried. And my wife is there. Sometimes she's like, she, my, she will, ah. I said, no, don't worry. God will always come true for us. I can share you stories. I remember like, a few years ago as well. I was sharing this last week. Um, yeah, with Karen and the, and the youth. So the youth are here. You can confirm what I'm saying as well. Because you were there together last week. So you remember the story I shared? Yeah. <laughs> Put them on the spot. Yeah. So I was talking about, remember when I talked about uh, where we, we got uh, a notice? Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, there's another, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we got, so many years ago, we, we, we got a notice by the landlord. And from nowhere, I, went, I was coming back from work, and we just got a call, and it was like, you know, uh, we, want, we need a house. I'm like, we've done nothing wrong. And the landlord said, well, I'm sorry, we, 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 we need a house. Uh, you have to move out in two months. And you know, that's what you get. I said you go to the court to delay. You get two months notice and you're gone. And I was like, what do we do? I was like, ah. my wife was like, you know, I don't even know why, why? Go, why do we go through all this? Why, Lord? And you know, I just say, you know what? I have been young, David said. Now I am old. I have never, ever seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his children beg for better. I will never beg. Because my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Matthew 6 says, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and every other thing. And I'm God, I'm just going to seek your kingdom. And guess what, guys? That period, our service in church was even more. The time when we should be worried was a time where we gave ourselves more to God. That does not make sense, does it? I said, God, we're going to serve you. Because those, who, those that put their trust in the Lord will not be put to shame. And two months after, when we moved out, we bought a house. 
And that was not what we actually planned to do when we got the letter. But four months after, we were able to buy a house. So guys, God doesn't disappoint. This word is true. Somebody may argue this morning that, well, it's just, it's just uh, a flash in the pan. Well, it's just coincidental. Well, I've, I've read this word and it doesn't happen. Friends, it does not happen by night. It happened by persistence. What? Constant use. It's not something that you just do one time and then you forget about it. If you're here this morning and you are going to, you want to, you want God to heal your heart. You can just, I'm going to spend time. Every single word that talks about healing in this book, I'm going to find it. I'm, I'm going to what? Practice these things. I'm going to immerse. You know what that word immerse means? Immerse means that, you know, if you go to the, if you go to the swimming pool, if you put your leg in, are you immersed? If you put your, if you put it to your waist, are you immersed? Immersion is what? <laughs> Dive into it. Plunge yourself into God's word. Let, let it fill your heart. Spend time. These things are not things that happen overnight. These stories I'm sharing with you, they were days, they were weeks of tears. So I'm telling you the big juicy parts. <laughs> but in those juice, in those in, in the juicy part, there were a lot of tears, there were a lot of trust in God. God, you said this in your word. God, prove your word. God, you say your word is infallible. But two immutable things. It was impossible for God to lie. God prove your word. I don't care what people are saying, but God, if it's in your word, I believe it. You know, I grew up with a song that I felt was actually sung the wrong way. He said, God said it. I don't know, you know that song? I believe it. But actually, that is wrong. God said it. That settles it. And I believe it. So God said it. That is settled because forever, oh God, your word is settled in heaven. So this word we are talking about is settled. And we believe that word. And when you believe that word, you come to the place of fathers. Because fathers are people. If you look at that one, one John 2, they know him. Was from the beginning. So I'd like to flip through. I think I've. Next slide. Yeah, go on. Okay, so. How do we do some practical steps as well? And this one, we're going to do the core. Why don't you, like, let's say that you. If, can you go back to the previous slide? Let me just show you something very quickly. The previous slide. Yeah. So, and this was Karen Blessers with this last Sunday about in youth work. And. Let's say that you're going through an anxiety problem and you say, God, and she says something beautiful. Right? Said, if you look at that, that word, you say, in every situation, so do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So if you feel overwhelmed this morning, you can say, God, oh Lord, I'm not, I won't be anxious for anything, but in everything, Lord, 
I bring this to you this morning, Lord. Lord, this is what your word says. It says, be anxious for nothing. And if you go to the next slide, I'll show you very quickly. And then you can say, God, I'm going to cast all my cares on you. Oh, Lord, I am worried financially, Lord. I'm worried about my health this morning. I'm going to cast all my cares on you. These are practical ways we can do it. If you're feeling this morning and you're sick, you say, Hi. He took my, he bore my sins. By his stripes, I am healed. Lord, I'm still feeling this pain. But I'm going to hold on to your word. Ah, Lord, it's so painful. I'm just going to trust you the more. It's hard. And I'm, te- I'm telling you this, I haven't got time to, uh, to, because today I just feel like sometimes to tell stories. Because I've been there myself. I've been on the sick bed for three months. I've been told things that it's just, just like God. And then you just believe him in his word. Fathers, they know him. Can you go to the next slide? Um, yeah. Fathers, they always know him who is from the beginning. And everything I've shared with you so far is God bringing us to the place of the fathers. A place where we know him who is from the beginning. A place where we, we know God. You see, friends, I'm not disturbed with money. Never. Even with all this crisis, I'm never disturbed. Because God has, blessed, God has showed his faithfulness over and over and over again. When I'm sick, I'm not worried. You know why? Because I've seen God heal over and over and over again. So I'm rested in him. I feel like what, like what, oh, thank you so much for that word, Wendy. Like, like this morning, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm rested in him. I just believe him. I'm just confident. I know he comes, he doesn't disappoint, guys. He never, ever disappoints. And that's where we're going to end our service this morning. Their fathers, they know him ways from the beginning. And if you look at 1 John 1 and John 1, it said that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled. I call it the tangibility of God's presence. There are some people that have touched something about God. They have seen. They have heard. They have looked at it. And their hands have touched us. And this morning, this is where God wants us to be. So if you're in that place this morning where you're like, oh, God, what's going on? I want you to stay there. And that is why we come to church every Sunday. Because we want to pray with people. We want to believe God. Why do we pray if God does not answer? Why? What is the usefulness of a prayer that does not mean anything? Why do we pray? We pray because we have a confidence that he answers. That's why we pray. Why do we need, we don't need healing in heaven. Why do we need healing? We need healing here. And God's word, I'm sorry, this is what God says in his word. And we trust him. 
You may call me an incurable optimist. Why not? I believe all things. I believe all things. Because I've proved him over and over and over. That this word. <coughs> take him at this word. Take him. Whatever you're going through this morning. Say, God, you said this in your word. Evidence A. You know, there's a place in Isaiah. I said, bring your reason. Say, God, I have three evidences in your word. Evidence exhibit A, you said this about this. Exhibit B, you said this about this. And you said, by two or three witnesses, the truth is established. So God, I bring witnesses from your word. Will you honor your word in my life this morning? Guys, don't worry if you don't get a result the first day. Stay there. Stay there. We keep pushing. We keep pushing. We keep pushing. Yeah, you will feel discouraged. Absolutely. Oh, tears, my friend. Tears. Tears. Like I said, the story that I shared with you, there were tears, man. Tears. Nights of like, oh, what's going to happen? But, ah, I'm going to hold on. We have this anchor. We have this anchor. We have this anchor. Can we just, just bow your heads where you are this morning? I don't know if I've made sense to you this morning. I hope I have. But and I hope that somebody's challenged this morning. You say, God, I'm going to put your word to use in my life. I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to hold on to this word. I'm going to believe everything you say. I'm going to be a child. I'm going to believe everything. Kids are amazing. They believe everything. They believe everything. The Lord will help us this morning. Oh God, we if we're in that place where things are not going well, I say, God, I'm gonna hold on to your word this morning. I'm gonna hold on to your word. I'm gonna spend time, 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 time in your word, oh God. Because your word is light onto my feet. Lord, help me this morning. So I don't know where you are in your journey this morning, whether you feel like, I think I am the child state. If you're there, why don't you say, Lord, help me. I want to just grow in you. I want to spend time with the milk of your word. And if you're at that sun level, why don't you pray this morning and say, God, help me to put this word to use. Help me to hold on to your word this morning. Help me to believe you for everything. Everything. I mean to trust in you all the days of my life. I mean to know that this word is faithful. This word is true. And let me just pray for us this morning. Oh Lord, we just come before you. Lord, we share stories. But Lord, every general with a star, for every star a general has, Oftentimes, there's a story behind those stars. There are sometimes scars in those stars, Lord. And oftentimes, when we go through things in our lives, sometimes we just 
uh, I want to say he's not worth it. But I pray for my brothers and my sisters, that wherever they are on their journey this morning, that they will hold on, hold on to your word. They will trust your word. It does not matter what people say. It does not matter, Lord. This word is true. And I pray for everyone in this place that, Lord, we will just put this word to use every day of our lives. And that we may grow and see a result in our lives. Because you are the God that produces fruit in us. And we just commend ourselves to you this morning. And to the word of your grace. That is able to build us up. And give us an inheritance. Among those who are sanctified. We pray in Jesus name. Amen.